Perky Doll, page 38. And we're going to start today. We'll go back maybe um, on two lines. Wait, where are you heading for? We're going to start eight lines from the top of the page where it says Kigam Bisha'a. On 38? Yeah. Eight lines from the top of the page, though. Ten lines from the top of the page. Yeah. So we're going to start off today by doing inside that which we did outside last week. So last week we ended off, we were talking about how Valtrebe begins this period by saying that Midas Habenini, he Midas Kaladam. That everyone has the ability to be a Benini, which means that although that we have enough Shabahamis, we have a Yitzhahara, and we struggle in life, but we always have the ability to win the struggle, to win the struggle against the Yitzhahara. How was that? Salter Rebbe says over here, Kigam Shalev even at that at that very moment when the heart is desiring and craving some sort of taiva, some sort of temptation, whether it's beheter, a beiser shalom, whether it's something which is permitted but which we should stay away from, or whether it's something which is forbidden. So yachil lehiskaber, we can overcome, we can overpower that temptation. Legamri, and to completely distract ourselves and to move our mind elsewhere. And that's something which is really remarkable. That when we are in the throes of passion, in the middle of an intense desire, intense temptation, even at that very moment, we have the ability to overcome and overpower. And how so? A person should tell himself at that moment, I don't want to be a Rasha even for one moment. Why? Why don't I want to be a Rasha? Which is very interesting. Why don't I? If someone asks you, why don't you want to be a Rasha? What would you answer? I'm not asking you what it says in Tanya. <laughs> what would I say? No? Someone asked you, do you want to be a Rasha? No. Why don't you want to be a Rasha? What's your answer? I don't want to be evil. I don't want to be evil, so it's about me. That's it, correct. I don't want to have to look in the mirror and see the grotesque face of someone who is the embodiment of evil. That's not what Dr. Rebbe says. Key, why don't I want to be a Rasha? Under no circumstance whatsoever do I want to disconnect from Hashem. It's not about me. It's not about me and my shlemos and my uh, my perfection. It's about my relationship with Hashem. And even when you're overcome with temptation, think about the Abishra. Don't think about yourself. Don't think about what you should do or you shouldn't do. It's about Hashem. And I don't want to be disconnected from Him. And when I do an Avera, I do become disconnected from Hashem. Kidiksiv, as the Pasuk says, Nothing can separate between us and Hashem other than Averis, other than when we decide to step out of the relationship, step out of the marriage, 
and separate and consciously separate ourselves through going against the will of Hashem. Rak, rather, and he rates a dovka boy. I want to connect to Hashem, to cleave to Hashem. Nav shi ruchi vinishmasi. My nefesh and my ruach and my neshama, and how do I connect to Hashem? Be slapshan, barach. By connecting to Hashem through the three holy levushim which we have. Shehem and Maisa Dibur Machshavam, action, speech, and thought, Bahasham, Vite Rasay, Umitzvaisav. Those who say Hashem, Vite Rasay, Umitzvaisav is Maisa Dibur Machshava. Bahasham means connect to Hashem and my Machshava through, uh, through my love for Him and for my thinking about Him. Terasay is through my speech. Mitzvaisav is an action. And where does this all come from? Where does my desire to connect to Hashem come from? The love which is hidden in my heart for Hashem. As is the case with every single Yid. All Yidin. Every Yid is called. Those who love Hashem. When Arnusach and Davening, what do we say? We say, uh, right? I think it's a. Uh, but I think in the Nusach of the Rambam, the Lashon is Oyhavei Shmecha. The Yidin are called Oyhavei Shmecha. And we all love Hashem. It's something that you're born with? You're it's something that we're... Having the Sutavis is, is an, something that we're, you're born with. It's something we're born with, and we're going to learn more extensively about it in chapters 18 and 19. How do you expose the Klippas? There must with be Klippas over that. Also. There are Klippas over that. We're going to get a, a length. I'm telling you, this... Remember, I told you last week that these few lines over here... Later, we're going to have six prakim six. that are going to take it apart. and Actually, I think we have more. Maybe seven prakim at length. It's basically like a foundation, laying the foundation. Correct. Even the lowest of the low. Has the ability to give up his life. Why? Because every yid loves Hashem. Even a yid who is a kal shebekalim. I certainly am not worse and lower than this kal shebekalim. Ella, but now you have a question. If he loves Hashem so much, then why does he do all of the, all those silly things? Which, because of, on account of them, he's called a kal shabakalim. Ella shenichnas beiruachstus. It's foolishness, absolute foolishness that possesses him. Vinid and therefore he deludes himself into thinking shabaveirazu that despite the fact that he doesn't have a denu biyadus say ah, I'm still a yid. And he thinks to himself that I'm not disconnected from Hashem. And therefore he'll do an Avera. And the fact that he doesn't do a mitzvah sometimes is because and he forgets the love for Hashem that he has hidden in his heart. So he does an Avera because he's silly enough to think that, he, that it doesn't cut him off from Hashem. He'll, he'll neglect to do a mitzvah because he forgets at that moment his av misuteres. I don't want to be a fool like this person to deny the truth. And the truth is that I love Hashem. And the truth is that my relationship with Hashem is so important to me that I'd give up my life for it. So most certainly I would not want to sever that relationship with this mitzvah by doing this avera. And certainly my love for Hashem is enough to be able to do this mitzvah. So here the Alter Rebbe introduces us to this concept again of Ruach Shtus, that the reason why we do an Avera is foolishness, because we think that it's fine, I'm still a Yid. So when a person is at that moment, when he's about to do an Avera, this is the thought that should come to your head. 
Like his uh, sota. My lo- right. We spoke about this last. We spoke about this last week. Last week. Yeah. That was the example. That's right. You think to yourself when you're about to do navira. You think to yourself, my relationship with Hashem, my love for Hashem, my desire to connect Him is more important to me than anything else. How could I be true? The proof is, the proof is that if someone Chas put a gun to my head, that's where the moment of uh, of truth would come, and we would see that my relationship with Hashem. And that my love for Hashem is more than anything. So then how can I do this Aveda and consciously and knowingly disconnect from Hashem when my desire to connect to Hashem is the most, is the most powerful desire that I have within me? So my from the Alter Rebbe and Lukutia with Alter Rebbe says this and he has an interesting spin. The same concept. And he says that the Ruach Shtus, which allows us to do an Aveda, so here the Rebbe says, because you think that I'm still a Yid. So there the Rebbe says that the reason why a person thinks that he that he could do an Avera and get away with it, Ma'achar, the Rebbe uses the words, very powerful words. Ma'achar filan. Because, what do you mean? I'm a Yid. I put on filan, I wear tzitzis, I'm connected to the Yibishter, I'm from. So of course I'm connected to Hashem. And even if I'm going to do this Aveda, or even if I neglect to do this specific mitzvah, I'm wearing tzitzis. I'm going to put on tefillin tomorrow morning. I'm a yid. And that's the Ruach Shtus. The Ruach Shtus that tells you that, to put it in some of different words, the Ruach Shtus tells you that Yiddishkeit is... Um, Pick and choose. The Yiddish, you know, there, there are a lot of people, unfortunately... A lot of frumi yidin. That to them, their Yiddishkeit and their frumkeit is following a societal norm. I mean, a societal, in other words, norm. norm yeah, I, I'm frum because I follow the standards of a frum community. It's not about the individual mitzvahs that I do. It's about a certain standard. I'm considered from because I dress in a certain way and I act in a certain way and I talk in a certain accent. So therefore, so therefore I'm from. And if I'm from, automatically I'm connected to Hashem because I am from. It's about a lifestyle that I have. And as long as I have that lifestyle, so the little Aveda that I do over here or there doesn't take away the fact that I'm a from Yid. And the truth is that connection to Hashem is not about a lifestyle. It's not about a lifestyle. You know, we spoke about this in the past, but in Lubavitch, the Rebbe strongly urged us to go on to do Mitzoyim. Mitzoyim means you walk over to a Jew and you say, did you put on tefillin yet today? Or you walk over, a, a woman walks over to, to a lady and says, would you like to light Shabbos candles? Or can I put up a mezuzah in your house? Whatever the one mitzvah, light a Hanukkah menorah. Eat matzah on Pesach. And as is well known, that there are many detractors to this, to this path. And many people who wonder, what's the point? What's the point of putting on tefillin once? person didn't put on tefillin all his life. 
chances are he won't put on tefillin again after this. So what did you accomplish by getting this person to, do, to, to put on tefillin? And there are obviously many ways of viewing this and many answers. On a very simple level, you have the concept of mitzvah gereras mitzvah. The Pirkei tells us that one mitzvah leaves an appetite within us to do another mitzvah. So when we do one mitzvah, hopefully Taka will get the person to do another mitzvah. And there are many, many stories, Taka, of, of people who became from it. It all started from the one time that they put on tefillin. But to, and that's true, but in a way it's missing the point. I once heard from someone, Avart, he said, if putting on tefillin once is worthless, then putting on tefillin your entire life is also worthless. Because a million times zero is still zero. So if putting on tefillin once is meaningless, then putting on tefillin your entire life is also meaningless. Because what you said is the act is inherently valueless. So if you repeat an act which has no value, so you repeat it every day for 70 years, how did it become valuable? The only reason why a million dollars means something is because... One dollar is worth something. One dollar was worthless. A million dollars also would be worth, worthless. Meaning, every time that we do a mitzvah, we're connecting to Hashem. So, Yiddishkeit and Frumkeit is not about a lifestyle. My connection to Hashem is not by virtue of the fact that I identify as Frum. And if someone looks at me and says, you're a Frum person because you dress this way and because you put on... My connection to Hashem is because I do a mitzvah now and I'm going to do a mitzvah in five minutes and I do another and every time I do a mitzvah I connect again to Hashem. And chas v'shalom, rachman al-islam, when a person does an avera, that person is disconnected from Hashem. It's not a lifestyle. It's a series of acts that connect me to Hashem. And rachman al-islam, any one act that a person does can disconnect a person from Hashem. But there's this thing that we, we're fine because we're from Yidin. So therefore, therefore we're good. So therefore, in general, in general, I'm a holy person. And this really takes this concept of the Alter Rebbe, and makes it more relatable, especially to us as from people. How we fool ourselves, and you know, okay, so say this, I won't do this mitzvah. On whatever level it may be, or this one, I'm still a from Yid, and I put on tefillin, and I wear tzitzis, and says the Alter Rebbe, that's a shtus, that's insanity. That's you not understanding what's going on over here. You're not connected to Hashem because you're a frum yid. There's no such thing. Hashem doesn't look in the world and say, okay, where are the frum people? I'm connected to them. Hashem says, where's the mitzvah? The mitzvah connects me to you. And every mitzvah connects us to Hashem. And if we realize that, then, and we love Hashem, then we would do everything we can to do any mitzvah we have possible. And obviously, we would make sure to stay away from any avera. So what the Pintalayid? Everybody has the Pintalayid. Everyone has the Pintalayid, yes. And hold your question for only another few months, we'll get there. Again, Perik Yutches and Yutes is going to talk, the Pintalayid actually is the Avam Suteris. The Avam Suteris. But we're, but we're going to talk about that more at length in some later, in some later chapters. So latent So therefore, yeah. So what does this mean? This means that every single, so bottom line is that the beauty of this is that it's not about your madriga. And you don't have to be a holy person. If you're a yid, that means you love Hashem. 
you love Hashem and you want to connect to Him. And if so, capitalize on that inner desire to connect to Hashem, <coughs> excuse me, to do only mitzvahs and to stay away from Averis. And the Alter Rebbe tells us, try it. You'll see. Next time a Nisayan comes to you, next time you have a Nisayan, you have a test. This is a Hispaninos, this is a meditation. Stop for a moment because there's always that moment, you know, that we're about to do something or too lazy to do something. But there's that struggle, yeah, should I, shouldn't I, you know. Dr. Rebbe says, at that moment when you're struggling with yourself, that's the moment to contemplate this concept. I'm a Yid, I love Hashem. I'll give up my life for Hashem. Why would I do this silly thing and step out of the relationship? Inside. And that's why every single Yid can be a Benini. That's why every single one of us at any moment in time can be victorious over the Yitzhahara, over the Nafshah Bahamas and do the right thing. However, something which is dependent upon the heart. The Hainu, what does that mean? That a person should be able to reach the point where he's literally repulsed and disgusted by evil. And he should detest evil, in other words, an Avera. Whether with an absolute hatred or even a non-absolute hatred, as we discussed in the earlier chapters, this is the difference between a Tzadik Gomer and a Tzadik She'ene Gomer. This is not possible that a person should truly experience a hatred and a disgust for an Avera. The only way it's possible is if a person has an incredibly strong love for Hashem. The, 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 the love which we described in previous chapters as Ava Betanugim. And to have an absolute pleasure in Hashem similar to what is in Elam Haba. So the Alter Rebbe is saying, to be a Benini, every Jew can be. To overcome, our, to overcome our desires and to win our struggles, that is within the ability of every single one of us. And again, I would like to urge you, don't look at this in a terms of, can I be a Benini to never do an Aveda? Because if you think about that, then... Um, that's when you give up before you begin. But it means at any point in life, any single one of us can, can overcome any individual particular struggle that we may be encountering and facing by using this meditation mentioned earlier. That's in Machshava Dibar Maisa. Thought, speech, and action we can always control. The heart we can't control. The only one who can control the heart is a tzaddik. The tzaddik who experiences this incredible love for Hashem, what's called the Ava Bitanugim. And the Ava B'tanugim causes him that he has such a delight in Hashem and such a love for Hashem to the point that he absolutely is disgusted by and repulsed and detests anything which goes against Hashem. And we have to be very clear about this. The Tzaddik, and I think we mentioned this in our previous chapter, the Tzaddik is experiencing Olam Haba over here in this world. What is Olam Haba? Olam Haba means taking pleasure and delight in Hashem. A Tzaddik is someone who has his Olam Haba in this world, Valzeh Amru Razal, regarding a tzaddik. This is what our sages tell us. The concept that there's someone who can experience Olam Haba in this world. 
Gemara also says it about the Avis that uh, the Ebrister hit Iman Hashem gave them the taste of Me'ein Elam Haba here in this world. And that is the Avaid of a Tzaddik. A Tzaddik is someone, what, what is Elam Haba? To be a millionaire, to be a billionaire, to have, uh, to have COVID, all this is, all, all that's garnished. In Elam Haba, they laugh at all these things. At all, uh, you know, I'm sure you're familiar with the famous mashal about the person that goes off to, to uh, you know, a poor person goes off to an island and there are diamonds all over the place. You're familiar with the mashal? Yeah? I'm sure, but... A very famous mashal. You know the mashal? One country, they don't have the mashal. Uh, let's say chicken fat. There you go. It's a different. Yeah, yeah. 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 With chicken, with, with, I call it chicken. They call it chicken fat. called. Uh, so all the uh, pre- schmaltz, yeah. Yeah, schmaltz, schmaltz. You know the story? Oh, no, so I'll say it. Okay, so this is a kitchen. It's a muscle. This person is a very poor person. So one day he decides he's going to try his luck, and he goes and he's going to take this? a take a ship. And he's going to try to find his fortune. Kitsu, he lands on this special island. He comes and as he, he lands there, he looks around and sees on the beach there's diamonds lying all around. He goes nuts. He takes a bunch of diamonds and sticks them into his pocket. And he fills his pockets all the way. And he goes, walks into the city. He sees a path. <clears throat> and he goes into a restaurant and he sits down and he orders the, everything on the menu. And the most expensive bottle of wine. And they ask him and he eats. And then afterwards... They give him the bill. He says, eh, never mind. Puts it in his pocket and takes out a diamond and gives it and says, Here, I keep the change. So the waiter looks at him like he's crazy and says, Why are you giving me this rock? He says, A rock? No, this is, take a look. It's a diamond. He says, Yeah, everywhere. This is all over the place you have over here. That's nothing. That's not, you can't pay me with that. You can't pay me with a stone. So, what's the currency? Because he finds out the currency is, is schmaltz. And they have this, uh, I guess, this major refrigeration system. Because chickens were rare over there, so chicken schmaltz people become uh, majorly they hoard their hoard schmaltz. Anyways, he starts a, a business there and he's talking successful, and he becomes a major major schmaltzoneer, schmaltz schmaltz millionaire. <laughs> Until finally the day comes a few years later, you know, remembers they used to go home back to his family and provide for them, so he loads a few ships filled with schmaltz and he heads back, <laughs> and he rides back with the ships. And he goes, his, his family's there to meet him, and, he's, and his wife turns to something smells here. <laughs> what is it? Spoiled. Because in the ship, there's no refrigeration system, it's spoiled. It's, yeah, but it smells, but it smells, smells, what smells? And then he goes, ah, I went there to get diamonds. I went there, and he had a few diamonds in his pocket that he left from his original suit. And the mushroom is also, we come down this world and we think that schmaltz is important. We forget that there's diamonds. The diamonds are the mitzvahs, which there are a dime a dozen. You can always be doing a mitzvah, you can always be making a bracha, doing a favor for someone. And, um, <clears throat> and instead we're busy with the schmaltz, the fashtunken schmaltz. And we come back up to heaven and we say, take a look at all the schmaltz that we have. And they say, what do you mean, Where, where's the diamonds? Like, ah, yeah, tak, I did a mitzvah here, I did a mitzvah over there. Um, <clears throat> in Elam Habba is the real diamonds. And the real diamonds is the Torah mitzvah. And the real pleasure over there is... Is delight in Hashem, the pleasure of having Hashem. Yes, Not all the smelly schmaltz from over here. You know, people dream that they'll go up to, you know, you have other religions where when you go up to heaven, that uh, the, what, what, what is their dream that they're going to encounter in heaven is uh, physical tivus, physical tivus. Ochanvei, ochanvei to such a, 
to, to such a religion where that's what they're looking forward to is physical taivas. I also we know that Elam Habba, all these things are, are, are nothing there. But all the Elam Habba, it's about spiritual delights. And a tzaddik is someone who Pashat experiences that in this world. And someone who has the ability to experience that delight in this world and that love for Hashem in this world. And as we all know, love is such a powerful emotion. There is no greater pleasure than being in love. Is that correct? There's no greater pleasure than experiencing love, whether it's love for a spouse, whether it's love for children. And when a person can experience that delight and that pleasure and that love for Hashem, so everything in Elam Haza is, is, is garnished. And an Avera, that's disgusting, that's repulsive. That's the Madrega Tzadik reaches. And Tzadik Pashat Elam Chatir Bechayacha is having his reward, his Elam Haba, Haba in this world. But says the Alter Rebbe, three lines from the top. Ve'ein kol Adam Not everyone is mer- can merit to receive his reward, Elam Haba in this world. This is Mamish, similar to the idea of the reward that we receive. As the Pasuk says, We know that according to Kabbalah, Koyin is Isha Chesed. Koyin is about Ahava, about love. As we talk, you know, I'm, right? Koyin is a special Shaykhist Ahava. So the Avoida of Kuhuna is a Matana from Hashem. It's a gift, it's not something one can earn. Not, you, can't, you can't earn being a tzaddik in this world. You can work your entire life and not get it. The person who's a tzaddik, it's because he receives a gift from Hashem. And that means that he has a pashta, special neshama, which that neshama has the ability to be a tzaddik. So what did we establish until this point? To be a benini, everyone can be a benini. Meaning, to be a master over our thought, speech, and action. To overcome our nefsha bahamis and not to act on anything wrong, regardless of the extent of the desire and the yearning and the craving, everyone has the ability to do that. However, to be a tzaddik, that requires control of the heart. We don't, we don't control our hearts. We can control our reaction to our heart, but we don't control our heart. But because the tzaddik has olam haba in this life, we understand, but all of us, it's prosdor to olam haba. That's Perkyabas. Yeah. Rabbi, what is the gift of the kahuna in Zman Hazet? What does what does the Kohen get that he? That's a good question. You want to know what's the gift of kahuna in today's day and age, but it's not so relevant. And I'll tell you because over here he's using kahuna as a metaphor for love, that the love for Hashem, this incredibly intense love for Hashem, which a tzaddik experiences in Matana. So to talk about kahuna would be a little of a tangent. How is he connecting it then to the Vorek Eshamo Yisrael Biyahu? Because that a koyin is a isha chesed. Koyin, a koyin is uh, connected to the idea of chesed. We know that Aharain embodied this, the idea of chesed and love. And therefore, when he's talking about the idea that to be a koyin is a gift, it's not something which you can earn. You can have the biggest, the person who does all Torah and mitzvahs, but uh, you, you'll never become a koyin. In a similar way, you could do all the Torah mitzvahs, but you won't become a tzaddik. And it's not a fault of yours, because it's a gift. Just like being a koyin is a gift, so being a tzaddik is also a gift. It's not something which we can naturally earn. So he's mentioning, what is the gift as far as being a kohen? So what is the significance of being a kohen today is not really what he's discussing over here. Uh-huh. 
And now we're going to answer one of the questions that we, a that we asked uh, 14 chapters ago. In chapter 1, so we said over there that the Gemara says, the Gemara Baba Basra says, that Eev at a certain point turns to Hashem and tells him, You created Sadiqim and you created Rishoyim. So Dr. Rebbe asks, what does that mean? We know that the Gemara says in Masech Nida that Sadiq Virasha Leika Amar. The Gemara says that before a child is born, so everything pretty much is predestined. Whether the child will be short or tall, smart or, smart or stupid, who the child will marry, whether he will become bald early or not. You know, all the, all the, <laughs> everything was, uh, is predetermined about the child. The looks, the intelligence, the character. But the one thing that's not determined, it says that the Malach brings the, the drop from which the child is created before Hashem and says, tell me, what's the child going to be? This or that, that or that. And each one Hashem tells him exactly what the specs of this individual child is going to be. But the Gemara says, Tzadik v'rasha leka'ama, the Ebishter doesn't decide whether a child will be a Tzadik or a Rasha because we have free choice. Every person has the ability to be a Tzadik or a Rasha. So if we all have free choice whether to be a tzaddik or a rasha, why is it that Eev says, Barasa tzaddikim, barasa rishayim? So right now, the Alter Rebbe is going to answer, what does it mean barasa tzaddikim? And then if you have a little patience, in chapter 27, the Alter Rebbe is going to answer, what does it mean barasa rishayim? So, barasa tzaddikim, by now we understand, what does it mean barasa tzaddikim? V'lachein amar Eev barasa tzaddikim chulu, which means, that the Eibishter created certain neshamas that have the potential to be a tzaddik. And this is not a contradiction to what it says in the Gemara in Nida, that tzaddik v'rasha leka'amah, that Hashem doesn't decide who will be a tzaddik and who will be a rasha, for two reasons. First of all, the Gemara in Nida doesn't mean tzaddik in Russia, as the Alter Rebbe is describing it over here. The Gemara in Nida means that the Eibishter doesn't decide whether a person will be a righteous person or a wicked person. It's talking about the tzaddik and rasha in the colloquial sense. So yeah, the Eibishet doesn't decide whether a person will do mitzvahs or averis. But barasa tzaddik, it means that Hashem creates certain neshamas which have the ability to be a, a tzaddik. But there's also something else. Just because a neshama has the ability to be a tzaddik doesn't mean it will be. It's potential. It's potential. Only potential. Which means to say, as we've mentioned in the past, that a person works and works and works very hard until he becomes a bainini. And then he keeps on working. Will he, will, he, will he be spinning his wheels or will he move higher and become a tzaddik? That depends on the neshama. If the person is blessed with a special neshama that has the ability to be a tzaddik, so then the person will become a tzaddik. But no one is born a tzaddik. I don't want to say no one. Maybe you have exceptions. Maybe Moshe Rabbeinu was an exception. But uh, in general, people are not, even tzaddikim aren't born tzaddikim. They're born with a Yitzhahara, like every single one of us. They have to earn it. And they have to earn it. So when the Gemara says, Sadiq v'rasha leikam, Hashem doesn't decide Sadiq v'rasha, that means even the person who's born with the neshama of a Sadiq, barasa tzaddikim, you're created with that potential. Still the Abishter is not determining that you're going to be actually going to be a Sadiq. You might not make it. So therefore there is no contradiction. Ukid Isa b'tikunim, and as also Explained to Kuni Zayar, we see in the Shiyash bin Neshamas Yisrael, Kamamini Madregis Ubechinas. It says in Kuni Zayar that there are different levels of Neshamas. And he enumerates over there Chasidim and Giboyrim Hamitzkabra Mayitram. There are people who are naturally Chasidim. 
and the people who have the you know propensity for being um, strong, courageous people who overpower the Yitzhahara, Mori Torah, masters of Torah, Nevi'im, Chulu, and Sadiqim. So we see that Sadiqim is one category of Neshama, and not everyone has that Ayin Sham. Take a look over there in Tikkun Yizayar. So a Tzadik is not, some, not within the capability of everyone. But a Beidini is. But Zayuvan now will understand he started off Tanya and says that before the Neshama comes down here to the world, we make it swear to heat Sadik, be a Sadik, and don't be a Rasha. This is something which is it's wondrous, hard to understand. Be a Sadik and don't be a Rasha. Once you make the neshama swear it'll be a tzaddik. Why do you have to say don't be a rasha? If you'll be at talk about redundancy, be a tzaddik and don't be a rasha. If you're a tzaddik, then you won't be a rasha. Just make him swear to be a tzaddik. But now we understand. Not everyone has the ability to be a tzaddik. It's not fully within a person's ability and free choice to have this true delight and joy in Hashem and to actually be repulsed by evil and therefore after they tell you they make you do another you know what if you're, and you're going to tell me maybe you're going to tell me yeah but I can't be a tzaddik okay at the very least, minimum is don't be a rasha. Shabazeh, in this area, mishpat ha-bechira v'arashus nesun al-chaladam. There, there's no excuses. Everyone has the ability not to be a rasha. Everyone has the ability limshel beruach tavasi shabalibay to um, to conquer and to control the taiva and the heart v'alich beish yitzrei and to overcome the yitzhara shalayi rasha afilu sha'achas kal yamav not to be a Rasha, even one moment, one's entire life. Whether it comes to Surmira, staying away from evil, and also when it comes to doing the right thing, as the Gemara says in Avayi Zara, in the Pasuk, Surmira, so the Gemara says, what does it mean, do good, says the Gemara, what is Toiv, is Toira, so when we say Toiv, that means that everyone has the ability to learn Toira, this is learning Torah, which is the equivalent of all other mitzvahs, as we explained in Perikei, why it is that Talmud Torah is the equivalent of everything else. So now we understand why you have this double shvu of Tihit Tzadik Rasha. Yes? How do we make a swear to Yitzadik? It's a very good question. I was waiting for you to ask that question. How does he know? He doesn't, he doesn't know his <coughs> In other words, what we answered is that once you, the Shama had to swear to Yitzhadik, so that's not enough. You also have to make him swear out to Yerusha, because at the very least, don't be a Rasha, be a Benini. So it would seem that Hashem knows every Neshama. So if a person has the potential to be a Tzadik, the Neshama should be made to swear to Yitzhadik. And if it's a Neshama that doesn't have the potential to be a Tzadik, it should be made to swear only don't be Rasha. Why is everyone made to swear? Okay, for a double, a double, a double 
<laughs> so that question is going to lead us into the next part of Tanya. And right now we're going to switch gears in a major way. Because until now, we've been explaining, I'm talking about Perikud Beis and Yud Gimel and so far in Perikud chapter 12, chapter 13, and now chapter 14. We've been explaining that who is the Bainini? The different, what's the difference between the Bainini and the Tzaddik? Is that the Bainini is the one who is able to master his or her actions and reactions. Machshava dibar maisa. But the heart, that's off limits. The heart, that is the, that is the domain of the tzaddik. The tzaddik is someone, in other words, the Bainini is someone who has to be aware and cognizant. I will have a Yitzhahara. I have my Nefshah Bahamas. I have my desires. I have my struggles. I don't have that level of love that the tzaddik has. I don't have the disgust and the, re- and the, re- and the revulsion for Elam Hazad that the tzaddik has. However, thought, speech, and action there, that's where I draw the line, and I'll never do anything wrong. So someone might think that if I am a Bainini, in other words, I'm a struggler in life, so I should ignore my heart. should ignore my heart. In other words, I'm anyways not going to impact my heart. My feelings anyways, I'm not going to be able to change my feelings. I can't change my feelings, I can change my reactions to my feelings. But it's not like also at one point in time this was a, is a struggler of life. You, no one does know. Maybe you still could be it's I could be maybe it's something. How do you know your potential? So therefore, so therefore, before your neshama comes down, they tell you to heat tzaddik. You have to try to be a tzaddik. You might not get there. But you also don't have the right not to try. Because you don't know. You have to try. Not only because, as we're going to see, not only because you don't know, but because even a Bainini has to try to be a tzaddik. And even if he'll never make it, you'll get there a little. Somewhat, you are going to, you're going to impact your feelings. You'll, you might not be a tzaddik, but your job is always to keep on trying. Yishtadlut. And you will make some progress. You will make, you won't, maybe you won't be a tzaddik, but you'll make progress. Yeah. What's wrong, Rebbe, with saying, I want to be the best Benini that I possibly can? I want to be on the top of Drake. I, I think we learned previously there's 10,000 levels. So why That's a tzaddik she'eni gomer. But what also, there's, isn't there levels of Benini? Uh, okay. But even the highest level of Benini is not a tzaddik. But shouldn't I try to be the best yeah. I possibly can? That's also correct. And how can I get there unless but I work there, hard? You're right. But in general, what we're saying over here is the Bainini is defined by Machshav Maisa. But that's not enough. Don't think, don't think, even if one day we're to reach this level where I do everything properly, Theoretically, let's say that uh, we reach that level. So we go, ah, Baruch Hashem. I'm great. I'm, I'm learning Torah all day. I'm doing the right thing. I'm staying away from that which I have to stay away from. Says Al-Tabbat, no, 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 no. 
Before your neshama came down here into this world, they made it swear to hit tzaddik, which means you have a constant obligation to try to be a tzaddik. Even the benyani has to be working on his midas also. And this is going to switch us gears into the next two or three chapters. Very, very important. In other words, until now, we were talking about the struggle in the area of Mashav Dibir Maisa, and now we finish with that. The, yes, okay. We've established that. The Bainini is someone who, whether it's because of Meir Shalt Lalev, or because of the way Davins, or, or the, 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 the Hashem Oizir, for whatever, the Bainini is someone who is in control of thought, speech, and action. And now we're going to say, you, the Bainini, that's not enough. You need to start also working on yourself. Avoidas Hashem. What does Avoidas Hashem mean? What does the word Avoidah mean? Servitude. So simple it means servitude. The Alter Rebbe and Tanya says, later chapters, he says there's a concept in Shabbos, Ibud Oiris, Ma'abed, right? What actually? To tan, uh, to tan a hide. What does that mean? That means you take, it means to take a, 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 a animal hide, which is hairy and which is rough and which basically has no purpose whatsoever. There's nothing you can do with it. Maybe you can stick it on the floor and it'll be a rug. And take that hide and make a beautiful shoe out of it. Take off the hair and you work on it until it becomes soft. And, uh, or better yet, you make a safer tear out of it. You make a pure film out of it. That's Ibud Eiris, taking something which is rough and uh, unusable and work on it and work on it and clap it and clap it and hang it up and until it becomes supple and soft and usable and, and something you can make a jacket out of. Avedis Hashem means tanning ourselves. We are that rough piece of animal skin which we have to make into something which is beautiful and, uh, and usable. And that, that, that's not about doing the right thing. Now we're going to learn about digging a little deeper. Digging a little deeper and the Bainini also has to do that. And this is the two things you have over here. The two parts of the Shvua. As a Bainini, you have two obligations. Obligation number one is always to try to be a tzaddik. In other words, to try to work on yourself and on your midas. However, you might not, you might not accomplish that goal fully. Rasha is absolute. Avedis, you can't do. Every mitzvah you have to do. Rasha. But each one on its own is not enough. Tehit tzaddik is not enough because that might not work. All the way. Va'alti Rasha is also not enough. So now we're going to learn about the Tzaddik, which means every single one of us has to try to be a Tzaddik. Inside. Ah, however, Afal Pikein. Nevertheless, Tzaddik Itim Gamkein. Even the Benini also has to take time, designate time. Luscious Eitzis Ben to try to come up ways. Emotional ways, to be disgusted by evil. Now you notice it's going to take meditation. The tzaddik doesn't have to meditate in order to come to be repulsed by evil because by the tzaddik, it's a natural 
corollary of his love for Hashem. He loves Hashem so much that automatically anything which is an Avera or anything which is pleasurable in this world, automatically he is disgusted by it. It doesn't require any special meditation on the part of the tzaddik. But you're not a tzaddik, you're a benini. So you're going to have to start meditating. What are you going to have to meditate on? Kigoyin, for example, I'll take time to meditate on that. Which Chazal say that Isha, a woman, is a chimas gemara. That a woman is a chimas, a drug which is full of tsoya of excrement. Now this is, I know this sounds very sexist. <laughs> But it doesn't. It doesn't mean it that way. It, it means it. Rashi says over there. You know what they say: beauty is um, is skin deep, right? It, it's not logical. Rashi says that if you think into what a person is, you know, you take off the skin a little. What, what's inside? The bones and the guts what? and the blood and the disgusting. What is it? It says if it wouldn't be. Rashi says over there: if it wouldn't be for the gzeira of Hashem. There would be absolutely no attraction. Man wouldn't be, have any attraction to woman. It's only because it makes no sense. There's no logical reason why a man is attracted to woman, or vice versa. It's a nature which Hashem gave us for obviously for for good reasons. But if you take a moment to think about it and think, what am I being attracted to? And the same thing is also the kahai gavna on, and the same thing is also other such things. All sorts of pleasures and all sorts of delicacies, nasim, kacha, chemas, malichu. It's all, it's all garbage. Everything in this world, a wise person sees what's happening. It's, yeah, it's going to become spoiled. It'll become wormy and it'll become garbage. So if a person takes the time to think a little bit, all the, all the pleasures in this world, what is it? It's garnished, it's disgusting. And how is it that me, an intellectual person, a holy person, should become, should be attracted? So there's an avoda to take time to think about it, to actually try to cultivate within oneself this revulsion for the pleasures of this world. And then we have to take time to do the opposite. To take pleasure and delight and happiness in Hashem. by contemplating the greatness of Hashem. To the best of one's ability. Even though you know by yourself, you're not going to be a tzaddik. You're never true. It's never going to be real. You're never going to have this real simcha in Hashem, this real avat Hashem like a tzaddik does. You're never truly going to be repulsed. By the pleasures of this world, because you have an Hashemamas and you're not a tzaddik. Kim bedim yoynis. It's only going to be uh, the word dimyon means what? Illusion. You know, it's interesting. It says a, an, an illusion, but if you look in Tanya and Peregimel, so there, if you remember, those of you maybe remember, so we were talking about das, that if you have midas, if you have emotions without das, three lines in the bottom of page 14, the Alter Rebbe says, the only thing that you can have is dimyonis shov. Okay. Shav means false, so fa- false illusions. Here the Alter Rebbe says dimyoinis, but he doesn't use the word shav. It means you can have sometimes illusions that aren't false. It's interesting. In other words, in comparison to the tzaddik, it's illusions. It's not. It's not. It's not false. In other words, it's a, it's a good thing. 
Atreb is encouraging us to try to foster these feelings, but it's still in relative to truth, to the, to the true level of love of Hashem, the true level of being repulsed by evil, it's Dumyaynis. So even though you know that it's not going to be all the way, you have to do what you have to do. Before your neshama came down to this world, it was administered an oath, and you swore that you would be a tzaddik. You have to keep on trying. Ah, you might not get there all the way. That's up to Hashem. That's, uh, that's, that's not your problem. You have to do what you can to fulfill the shvua, which means you have to try to be a tzaddik. You have to try to impact also your emotions and avoid us Hashem and try to reach a point where you can talk to have, on the one hand, a love for Hashem, on the other hand, that you're not so attracted to this world and even perhaps even to uh, be somewhat uh, uh, put off by this world. And moreover, so first of all, you have to do what you have to do, and Hashem will do His part. Moreover, whenever you become used to something, shiltain, it takes control. Venasa teva sheni becomes second nature. When a person makes it a habit to think about how mius averis are yeah nimask sasbamas a little a little take a little will seep in will come a little with amas shiyar gilasameh nafshi basham aidis binus bidulas hashem and when you get used to taking joy in hashem through thinking in the greatness of hashem harei bisarusa dilatata yisarusa dilaylam when we awaken ourselves from below we cause an awakening above also known as Mida Keneged Mida, the Kuli Haivu Ulai. And who knows, perhaps, Yer Allah Ruach Memarim. Okay, let's do this a little outside, we'll do this inside. In Kabbalah, it's explained that there's something called Ibur, the Ibur of a Neshama. Ibur. Ibur means like impregnation. And the stories of that in Shifchei Harizal, it's brought down that during the times of the Harizal, they also lived during the time. The author of the Medrash Shmuel. Medrash Shmuel, I'm Pirkei Avos, and Yosef Ben Yadosarim. And once the Arizal saw him, and he stood up before him. And I was wondering, the, the Medrash Shmuel is a very great person, but the Arizal is the Arizal. And the Arizal told him, the reason why I'm standing up for you is because I see that the Neshama of Rapinchas Ben Yoyer was Nisaber within you. What does that mean? Ibor means... Ibor is different than Gilgal. Gilgal means when one neshama spins off. Have we ever discussed Gilgal in this class at all? Reincarnation. Reincarnation? Yeah. No. No, no. Gilgal. Okay. Gilgal means when a neshama goes up to heaven and there are parts of the neshama that have not yet been fixed and corrected. So a new neshama spins off of that neshama with all the parts of that neshama that have not yet been corrected and it enters a body and that becomes the neshama of that person. Ibor means when a neshama enters the body and soul of another person. In other words, that's why the word Ibor is used pregnant. So when you're pregnant, you're, the, the, there's the lady and then there's the baby inside her. So Ibor means that the neshama enters, I'm sorry, the neshama enters another person's neshama. Isn't that a dibuk? A dibuk is when it's done for bad purposes or damaging purposes. So what is the purpose of Ibor? So there are two reasons why there could be Ibor. Gilgal happens when a neshama messes up. 
or neshama didn't do what it has to do. So then it has to come back down into a new guf. But ibur, there's um, is sometimes in neshama we know that neshama has to do all 613 mitzvahs. But what if there's a tzaddik? He did all 613 mitzvahs. The problem is, he was a yisrael. He wasn't a koyin. He didn't do the mitzvahs of a koyin. So he doesn't have to come back down. What it does is the neshama comes and attaches itself to the, to the existing neshama guf v'koyin. And when that person does the mitzvahs of kuhuna, so then that also impacts and corrects that part of the neshama, of the, what you'd call the invading neshama, the invading soul. And um, which... Um, gets, gets the benefits of... Which gets the right, which has the benefits, and then, it, and, and then theoretically could also leave. So sometimes the ibor happens for the benefit of the neshama, which is the entering neshama. Sometimes, however, ibor happens for the benefit of the person whom is being entered. The host. The host. Very good. I like that. The guest neshama, the host neshama. That's a good way of identifying them. So sometimes it's to benefit the the host the guest neshama when the neshama didn't do anything wrong but there are certain mitzvahs that it, that was missing but not due to any fault of its own because if it was due to fault of its own then it comes down in Gilgal but if it was no fault of its own it comes down to Ibor and sometimes the neshama will come down to Ibor because a person needs some help in Avedis Hashem and he's deserving of it so then you can have a lofty neshama which comes down and attaches and it gives an extra help in the service of Hashem Stalter Rebbe is saying over here that if a person does tahit tzaddik, and a person really, really tries to be a tzaddik, then kuli ulai. It's possible that yuri sarusa delatata, that your work below, should cause an awakening above, and Hashem should have rachmanis and say, look at him, he's or her, trying so hard. You're gonna send down the neshama of a tzaddik, which will come down bebechinas ibur will come down Ibor into the neshama of this person who's essentially a bainini and doesn't really have the ability on his or her own to become a tzaddik. And with that, the person will talk be able to truly serve the Ebishter with a simcha na ava, but which is really indigenous to the neshama, which is the guest neshama. That's what he's saying inside. Do it inside. The kuli ulai. And with all the work, it's possible, it's possible that a spirit from above will come down upon him the yiska and he should be zeicha lebechines ruach to the ruach. Now the ruach has nefesh ruach neshama. The the ruach part mishedish ezat sadik from the soul from the the root of a sadik. She this aber boy which shall come down on him in a, in a way of ibor lavid Hashem and allow him to serve Hashem besimcha amitis with a true simcha. Kedeksiv simchu tzadikim ba Hashem as the pasuk says that the ability to have simcha ba Hashem in an emesa way that is shaykh to tzadikim. With the sky and baby Amasashu, and then he will talk it truly and fulfilled the oath, Shemashbim, the oath that they give him to Yitzadik to be Yitzadik. With that, we finish Perik Yudalot.